the KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. You're very welcome back. 083 306 9696. That's the text and WhatsApp lines to get your entries in for our competition this morning. I'll play you that little clip so you can work out what's the missing word from that track in just a few moments' time. So do stay tuned. Now, Minister Neil Richmond, Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, has been in the area recently. I got to meet him for the first time probably last October, November time. And he's joined into, dropped into us here on the KC Door Daily this morning. Uh, Minister Richmond, thank you very much uh, for popping in. Busy schedule for the day ahead? Yeah, very busy schedule in Carlo all day today. So heading over to Carlo Town shortly in with the local enterprise office there uh, then I'm meeting uh, a number of local businesses in their premises through Carlo and indeed into Bagnellstown and Tullow as well so big day in Carlo really important because last week we announced that the local enterprise office in Carlo supported the creation of over 140 new jobs last year in the county really important over 160 in Kilkenny as well mm. so really good numbers really positive story coming out of the, the region Well Waterford Independent TD Matt Shanahan uh, recently addressing the Joint Committee on Enterprise Trade and Employment Employment, uh, discussed the rising costs for small businesses and it's definitely worth chatting about but first of all let's see what he had to say. I point out to you that in the recent round of pay bargaining that the rate of cost of employment particularly at the low pay end has added 3,000 euro in general to the cost of low pay. Employers PRSI has gone up now by almost 2,000 euro for employees on a wage of under 440 euro and two and a half thousand euro on a wage of over 440 euro. And on top of that, a range of additional leave entitlements, additional bureaucracy, statutory sick pay and, and other extensions uh, to entitlements. And I will tell you, we are, we are killing the small business sector presently in this country. And um, that was uh, TD Matt Shanahan. And also recently, Danny McCoy, CEO of IBEC, um, said in a letter to Leo Varadkar, the uh, Taoiseach, um, that the escalating cumulative costs, including the increase in the minimum wage to 1270, which came into effect January the 1st this year, as well as an increase to employer PRSI, changes to statutory sick play, the imminent introduction of uh, pension auto-enrolment, um, increases in salary thresholds, for example, and many other um, enhanced benefits for employees, was pressurising small to medium enterprises. Great to see that we're employing more people, but if employers can't trade, then that's not going to continue. Do you think those challenges are all being lumped onto those small to medium enterprises? I think there are challenges. I'm not going to deny that for a minute, but I think we have to put it in the context that we're not just employing more people. We have record amounts of employment in this state to over 2.65 million more people than have ever been employed before. Record tax takes, both corporate and individual, over the last two years. The fastest growing economy in Europe over the last two years, record amounts of exports. The economy is going well. And we as a government said when we formed the government in 2020 that we were going to make work pay, that we were going to improve the conditions for all workers and that in turn will improve the economic environment for all employers. We stand over increasing the minimum wage to 12.70 per year. We stand over the fact that we're moving towards a living wage and yes, we introduced statutory sick pay. We're one of the last European countries to do it. It went from three days to five days this year and it'll move on. But we know this comes as a cost and we're not going to be blind to it and we're not going to just say, you know, deal with it. So the first thing that we did is we introduced the increased cost of business scheme in the last budget. That's a quarter of a billion euro worth of money that is going to be distributed to small businesses predominantly up to 90% of business across the country in the coming weeks. That's a cash payment. 
nothing, no application forms, no bureaucracy as Matt calls it, a straight cash payment uh, of up to €5,000 for everyone who played commercial rates last year. It's not going to solve all the issues, mm. but it's a rec payment. But the uh, main There are certainly sectors, um, for example, uh, apologies for interrupting, mm. but there are certainly mm. sectors, for example, the, the hospitality sector that are facing particular challenges. Um, you know, we've seen lots of closures in relation to small cafes, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, people from the Vintners Federation of Ireland, you know, hoteliers are saying to me that that's only the first wave. It's going to move on to larger restaurants and, and eventually potentially into hotels. Um, are there certain sectors that are going to feel the pressures of, of these improved conditions for workers more than others? I think there will be. And this is the point I was getting on to. Um, This afternoon, Minister Simon Coveney, my boss in the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, will receive a report that we've carried out with um, um, input from from IBEC, from the LVA, from the VFI, from all the representative bodies, the Restaurant Association, about the impact that legislative and policy changes are making to cost of doing business. There are other costs that are out, outside the control of the government, be they interest rates or or energy uh, or, or energy uh, increases. But where there's VAT rates are well within control of government, though. Exactly, and where we're where we're going to see from this report, I haven't read it in full detail, but I've got this, the explanatory memorandum for want of a better word, is that the increased costs are particularly in food-based hospitality sector. So not necessarily the hotels, but yes, the small cafes, the small restaurants, as well as certain smaller retail units. So the large supermarkets, they're already paying the living wage. It's not an issue for them. But your small corner shop um, or an independent retailer in a provincial town are struggling. So that now is going to inform uh, government policy in the coming months. And we have a number of options that we can look at. As I've mentioned already, there's the increased cost of business grant. That's just an initial, Mm. immediate thing. Because all these changes, the vast, vast majority of businesses, we think large multinationals, have no problem accumulating them. But what we want to work out, and we're, we're engaging, I met the Restaurant Association Ireland with Minister Coveney last week. I met the Vintners Federation President, John Clendenin, uh, just before Christmas. We're engaging with them to make sure. So the VAT rate is a key option to us. Yeah. And I mean, the, that VAT rate, you know, through COVID, through the pandemic, it's flip-flopped around the place a lot mm. over the last couple of years. And when people are facing challenges, you know, they need to know be a ground they like or don't like, but they need to know that the ground that's underneath them is stable. If there was to be a change within the VAT rate in the months ahead, would it be another, you have six months, you have 12 months, lads and ladies, or, or would you see it being a more long-term measure than just a temporary change in that rate? So the previous change, and it was restored in September, bringing it back up to 13.5% for 9%, it is a very effective tool to change your VAT rate in response to circumstances. So it was changed for all hospitality coming out of the pandemic because so much money had been put in by the government through the EWIS and, T- and, and TBES scheme and other things to keep these businesses alive. We didn't want them to fail once they started back opening up. But it worked too well for too many people. So there was hotels, particularly in Dublin, who were charging a couple of hundred euro, more than that, uh, on big nights who are doing really well, but still also benefiting from uh, the emergency lower VAT rate. So if we were going to change it, it would have to be extremely targeted. To and how would you target it? Through turnover amounts or through profits? How no, do you I th- work I th- out? I think the best way potentially to do it, and this is a discussion that we have to have and are having with the Department of Finance, is protect the focused on as this report will show is where the, the real squeeze is from increased costs and that's the the, the low margin high um, high workforce businesses that are largely in the food based hospitality so those cafes those restaurants the food element of uh, of a licensed premises 
that has potential where we could look at the VAT rate. That's some, a case that I'll be making uh, to Minister Michael McGrath. But there are other measures that are open to the government. And we have to see January is always a tough month for hospitality regardless. Mm. People do dry January coming back off Christmas many people will only be getting paid today, today for the first time and indeed many of them will see a lot more money in their pay packet thanks to new uh, tax cuts that were brought in the last budget so we're now going to see measures um, what is open to us it's an ongoing discussion but we're aware of the issues we think that we can address them but the changes that we have made are really really important IBEC asked us um, to carry out a report the report's finished it's at the minister's desk uh, they asked us to freeze any changes and we're reluctant to do this because we need to do this we need to give workers certainty that we will move towards the living wage we need to make sure people still want to come to Ireland for work last year I issued over 32,000 work permits because people want to come here from outside the European Union and indeed from inside the European Union because this is a great place to work we've loads and loads of challenges as a country as an economy but on global levels we're top 5 top 10 in every category um, You may mentioned about it being a great place to come and work yet at the same time we've reduced the benefits available to uh, international protection candidates um sorry i think it's more the ukrainians it's just, ukrainians, just yeah. ukrainians coming in um does that not seem like a, a, a bit of a contradictory approach given the fact that we have got such large numbers of employed people here in ireland and we need to continue to supplement that so businesses are not pressurized into um having to pay more and more and more just to get any staff at all? Well, if we look at the, the Ukrainian population, what had been going on up until last week is that anyone who was fleeing the, the vicious war in Ukraine were able to get state accommodation and the full job seekers allowance from the get-go. Um, that was something that was a lot more, uh, there was a lot more on offer here in Ireland than European counterparts, and there's good reason for that. But the decision now taken is that it'll only last for a three-month period. Mm. And what we see is we've about 80,000 Ukrainians in the state at the moment. About 100,000 have come, but 20,000 of those have either gone back to Ukraine or moved on to another country, as they're, they're perfectly entitled to do. So there's about 80,000 here. Of those 80,000, 80, 17,000 are in the workplace. Now, another 25,000 aren't in a position to enter the workforce because they're kids yeah. or they're pensioners. Um, but we want to make sure that people are in a condition to enter the workforce that they're able to make a real home here that it's not just a temporary arrangement because that's sadly the direction the war is going you know their, their homes aren't there in Ukraine anymore so this is still a great place to come as I said last year 32,000 from outside the European Union 30,000 from inside the European Union 5,000 people from Britain more Irish people moved home last year and over the last three years than emigrated that's It certainly seems that from an employment point of view Ireland is open um, it's open for, for new businesses to come and invest here in Ireland. We, we need to, you know, continue to increase our workforce. We've got houses to deliver. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, people crying out to try and get staff in various different positions. Um, what's the discussions like, for example, around the cabinet table when you've got, you know, people trying to increase our workforce and then we've got housing departments who can't seem to, to build houses quick enough to house these people? Well, the people who are coming in are building those houses. These are engineers... I included electricians on uh, the work permit list last month in order to build these houses. Yesterday we announced that last year 32,800 new homes were built in the state. It's so important. It's up 10% in last year. Mm. We above need target. Above target. The targets will be increased. Uh, Do we know what the target for 24 is? Which, at the mo- it hasn't been set because it's a combination within the ESRI, but I think we could get up to north of 35,000. Um, we're definitely on, on level, and I, and I must say, not to be parochial, but my own local electoral area delivered over 1,200 homes last year, never opposed to a single housing, object- uh, housing application, never going to. 
we need more homes we are delivering those homes rapidly you hear some people saying we need to deliver a million homes or we need to increase the target to 65,000 we have to be realistic delivering over 32,000 homes last year over 30,000 the year before is a huge increase we can continue to increase that but there's only so many builders in the state there's only so much materials to build with Um, we're moving up and we're getting there and we're starting to see look 500 people every week are buying a new home now it's a huge progress a lot more needs to be done How do we do all of that protecting against something that I'm certainly old mm. enough to remember, which was 2007, 2008, because a lot of those sort of statements feel familiar. Mm. You know, we've got huge employment, we've got increases in the amount people are being paid for jobs. We need to get more people into the country to help build these houses. I can remember mm. so many, for example, Polish people coming to Ireland during the mid noughties uh, Many of them still settled here very happily in Ireland, but many of them have now gone back to Poland because, as we well know, the construction industry absolutely fell apart. How do we learn from what we've had in the past to make sure that this growth we're experiencing doesn't cause the same outcome? Yeah, it has to be sustainable growth. I said the last two years we saw rapid growth because of coming out of the pandemic, economic growth of 8 9% a year. This year it'll be about 2.2%, 3%. The rest of Europe will probably go into technical recession. And it's all about balance. Back in, in the noughties when, when you or I were around, it was all heavily focused on the construction sector. It was heavily focused on speculation, uh, on rapid rezoning and building, you know, making making Carlo a commuter town into Dublin and many people do commute mm. and even far further beyond that. But now our economy is so much more balanced. We have a life sciences sector, um, pharmaceuticals, uh, medical devices that is one of the best in the world, one of the it has literally the top 10 companies, global companies in the world are based here. We have a tech sector that is still growing despite an international wobble. Um, we have over two and a half thousand people last year came here to work in financial services, many of them into Kilkenny. It's having a balanced economy. It's so you'd be confident growth. that our economic base plate is a lot more um, stable than it was we, the last time? We, we weren't in government when the last mistakes were made, but we've certainly learned from those mistakes and we want to make sure that the economy and society grows in a sustainable way. Um, I suppose you've mentioned it, I'm going to ask it, do you think you'll still be in government when the benefits of these increased numbers of houses being built, the increased uh, rates of pay and standards for employees um, continue to develop? Do you think you'll get to see the fruits of that? Will you be credited with it or will it be um, a different government? No, I think um, we'll see a general election in the next year some way. And I think that the current government has every opportunity to be returned. The opinion polls say it's a dead heat between either a, a Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil led government or a Sinn Féin led government. We'll go with a very strong track record and, more importantly, a, a vision of how we can sustainably build a much better country and a much better economy for everyone. Well, Minister for uh, Enterprise, Trade and Employment, um, visiting Carlo today, uh, Neil Richmond, thank you for time taking the time to also pop down to visit us here in Kilkenny. Um, great to talk to you this morning. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with you um, in just a couple of moments' time where we'll be catching up with Shane O'Keefe from the KCLR Scoreline team, looking back at Tayeste's day tomorrow and looking forward to the weekend's actions to come. The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. With thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card. The perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie.